This is week five. We started talking about a big thing last week about how to yield to the Lord. And I want to continue with that tonight. But you've got to understand something about the Word of God. The Word of God is cumulative. So what I mean by that is that as you live under the light of the Word of God, it has an accumulative effect on your spirit. Okay? The more you peer into revelation of His Word, the deeper you go. And how much revelation is in His Word? I mean, here's something that's amazing to me. 800,000 words in the Bible, but he calls it the Word of God. So, so literally, it's all these words, but really it's just one word. And in it is infinite. It's infinite. A million years from now, as we're doing whatever God's going to have us do in eternity, we're going to be peering into the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is still going to be bringing revelation knowledge of His Word to us. It's going to be amazing. So this is why Satan works overtime to get you out of the Word. The first way that he does that is he gets you to stop speaking it. But how he does that is through circumstances, situations, throwing thoughts, all this stuff, it's designed for you to get your eyes off Jesus and start focusing on what's happening on the outside in your life. Because he knows the Bible says to be spiritually minded, to pay attention to the word of God, to live under the light of it is life and peace. But to be carnally minded or to pay attention to natural earthly things, it can only produce one thing, and that's death. Because God is life, everything else that's not him is death. Does that make sense? So this is why it's so important. Tonight, one of the big things, this is kind of where we're going, and if you leave with nothing else, or if you have to leave right now, here's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. One of the big ways that you live a life yielded to the Lord, and it's a progressive thing when I say yielded to the Lord, because as you're sitting here tonight, as I'm standing here tonight, we all are a work in progress. So we're renewing our mind This is a lifelong thing, and we just work out what he's working in, and he'll deal with you one area at a time. But many times what happens, have you ever noticed this as you grow in the Lord? All of a sudden, you see something that you didn't see before. You see like, oh shoot, man, I've been doing this, or many times I've been saying this, or I've been thinking this, and this has been affecting me, and I didn't even know it. You become aware of it, and then now you can make that adjustment and walk in life. So it's a progressive thing. As you make a decision to live under the light of God's word, as you make a decision that Jesus, you are my Lord, I'm no longer my Lord, not my will, not what I want to do in my flesh, but what you want me to do. I I have all of my trust in you because I know how much you love me. And as you walk in this, that's why it says the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. How would it do that? What's the light? The light is the word of God. It's the revelation knowledge of the word. As you walk in it, it increases. And it increases. So all of a sudden, as it increases, you'll see things that you're doing that, oh man, I'm, 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 Letting Satan have my tongue. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and it's opening a door. And I'm telling you, if you'll let the Holy Spirit lead you, he will get all those doors shut. You'll become so sensitive to him that you'll stop judging other people. Right. You'll stop judging what you think is happening in the church worldwide all the way down to what you think is happening in the local church. Right? 
You know, when I moved to Omaha, um, I would hear people talk about, I have the, I've never heard it so much in my life, I have the gift of discernment. And, and the only word that comes up when I hear that is pampers, loves, huggies, pacifier. And, you know, they're talking like it's a gift of the Spirit. The gift of discerning of spirits is so that you see in the spirit realm. You'll see angels, you'll see demons. You know, that's a, that's a gift of the Spirit. Discerning what's going on in other people's life will mess you up. Because you need to be laser focused on Jesus so that you can see what's going on in your own life. So as you walk in this, you become less and less judgmental, right? You know, uh, you, you, the love walk, it's just like it like unleashes it in your life. All this as you live your life yielded to the Lord, you start to see things as they really are. You know, people in the world are freaking out right now because of all that's going on. Have you noticed how fast? It's almost like 2020 hit and the volume of, of the enemy's work just went crazy. Well, think about it. He knows he has such a little time left. His earth lease is about up. And he's got to make something happen before that because he knows he's done when it's up. He knows that. So he is just getting louder and louder. And you know what? Nothing that he will ever attempt to do in this world will ever prevail against the church. You need to know as a child of God, God will keep you safe. He'll provide for you an overflowing supply. You can still walk in the Zoe life of God no matter what the enemy is doing and walk in victory over it. So don't, be, because don't get distracted by the things of the world, right? Don't, keep your eyes on the word of God. The big way to do that is to live under the light of God's word. You have to do that. So let's talk about that a little bit tonight. Hallelujah. I have so many notes. There were two distinct directions that I was supposed to go today. Uh, I, or I knew I was supposed to go one way. I had two things going on, and then finally, boom, it, 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 it worked itself out. So praise God, your pastor knows what he's doing tonight, so that's good. Be thankful for that, right? Sometimes when I'm preaching, I'll start a service, and I'm like, okay, I have like one scripture, and then all of a sudden, about 15 minutes, 20 minutes into it, I'm going, wow, Holy Spirit, this is good. This is exact, now I understand where you're going. So anyway... The King James Version, and I won't go into the whole thing about the Septuagint and all this stuff, where these 70 rabbis translated the Hebrew scriptures, which was a lost language because of the Babylonian and Assyrian captivity. The only ones that spoke Hebrew were the Orthodox Jews. And so 70 rabbis got together and they put together, they, they transcribed and translated the Hebrew scriptures into Greek shortly before Jesus showed up. What that means to us is we know the validity of the word of God. The one, one of the reasons why I, I pr this is the foundational version that I use, the number one reason why it is, is it's a word-for-word -word translation. So the King James Version is a word-for-word -word Hebrew to English translation. Now, the Hebrew language is fantastic, and the English language is a little more limited. So, so, but it's it's. I like the fact that it's word for word. Some of the newer translations, which really, in my opinion, you've got to be really careful because you don't know what these guys who translated it really believe. And many times, if you're if you're not sound in the word of God, you won't know how to eat the hay and leave the sticks. Because, you know, you just, so, so that's why uh, I tend to, I, and I grew up with the King James, you know, I probably don't like Elizabeth in English any more than, any, any more than anybody else does. But, uh, you know, and I use other translations 
to, if, if, if I, I look at them, if they come in line with the Greek or Hebrew, then I use other translations. So I look at many. But Malachi, go to Malachi first of all. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. So this is an Old Testament scripture, but we know that what it's saying here, the reason why I'm saying that is the word of God is sure. I mean, you could take it to the bank, it is for real. When they uncovered, you know, manuscripts, Dead Sea Scrolls, and they saw the book of Isaiah, it was literally letter per letter accurate. Nothing has changed. Malachi 3.6, at the beginning of this verse, it says, for I am the Lord, I change not. You know, I'm not going to read the end of it because the context of that is God saying, it's a good thing I don't change because you guys are disobeying me in the tithes and offerings. And the only reason why you're not consumed is because I don't change. And I promised Abraham, right, that I would be a certain way with you. So be very thankful that I don't change, otherwise you'd be consumed right now because you're walking in disobedience. But anyway, I don't want to really explain that tonight, even though I just did. Okay, but see this, I am the Lord and I change not. Well, I'll tell you, you have so many people that think that God was one way in the Old Testament and another way in the New Testament, but he doesn't change. So in order for something to be biblical and you rightly divide it, it's got to work Old Testament and New Testament, right? So let's look at another scripture, Numbers 23, 19. We're establishing a biblical precedent that God does not change. What are we talking about? How to receive your healing. We're talking about how to yield to the Lord. In Numbers 23, 19, he says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. That, that Hebrew word literally means repent. It means to change. He's not a man that he should lie. He's, neither is he the son of man that he should change. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Man. He never lies, and he never changes and he says over and over and over again, I am the Lord that heals you. I am your great physician. That's never changed. In Titus chapter 1 verse 2, you don't have to turn there, but it says in Titus 1 2, it says in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. So not only will he not lie, he can't lie, promised before the world began. In other words, it is true, or you could say it this way, it is truth. Why? Because God said it. Because God said it. You know, you've heard me say this before. If... if if Jesus manifested himself right here, right now, and said, it is Thursday morning at 8 o'clock, guess what? It would be Thursday morning at 8 o'clock. His word cannot fail. Isn't that amazing? People don't receive from God many times because they're unwilling to change and see if you are not lining up with what he says, you must be the one to make the adjustment because he doesn't change. Does that make sense? If something's not working out, if, if you see something in the word and you're believing God for something and it's not working out, you need to, don't point at him and say, listen, why aren't you doing this? No, 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 that's impossible. Maybe... Go to the Holy Spirit. Go to the Word. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the Word of God to show you what adjustments you need to make to line up with Him. Right? 
This is very important. Here's the third scripture in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. Hebrews chapter 13 in verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. He's always the same. He never changes. So is there ever going to be a situation in your life or is there anything that you could possibly do to ever make his love for you change? No. The gifts and callings and everything that he's placed within you, will he ever take it back? Nope. Will he ever change the path of your life? No. Yeah, but you know, I've... I, I, I thought I was on the path and then something major happened in my life. No, that didn't catch him off guard. And remember, God is a God that makes a way where there is no way. He makes all things new. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of healing. I love that about him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's go back. Let's go to Exodus chapter 15. And we're going to look at a couple scriptures about how he revealed himself to Israel. Exodus 15, verse 26. And said, now this is God speaking, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Hearken means to hear and obey. And will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments. Now he's telling us how to hearken to his voice and how to do that which is right in his sight. It all starts by giving ear to his commandments. In other words, you could say it this, how do I hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God? You give ear to his commandments. Okay, well, how do I do that which is right in his sight? You keep his statutes or his word. Right? He says, if you'll do that, I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. And again, this word put, this is a Hebrew verb that's been translated in the causative tense. But it's not in the causative tense. It's in the permissive tense. It should read, and this is why I like the King James Version, because you could see it. You could actually see, that. you could go back, especially with the tools we have now, you could go back and see, wow, this should have been translated, I will allow none of these diseases upon you which I have permitted or allowed upon the Egyptians. If you will hearken to my voice, if you'll give ear to me, right, to my commandments, if you'll keep my statutes, I won't allow these diseases that came upon the Egyptians to come upon you. Why? It says here, for I am. Notice, that's a redemptive, he is the great I am. He's not the great I was, right? He's, it's, it doesn't say, for I was the Lord that heals you. No, he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's his redemptive name. In, in the Hebrew language, it said, he would say, I am Jehovah Rapha, right? Jehovah Rapha, the self-existent eternal one who mends who cures, and who heals. The Amplified Classic says, I am the Lord who heals you. The CEV version says it this way, I am the Lord your God, and I cure your diseases. The New American Standard Bible says it this way, for I am the Lord your healer. Now remember, he never changes. 
I love Young's literal translation because Dr. Young, what a great, what a great Hebrew and Greek scholar. He, he says it this way, or actually the word actually says it this way. For I, Jehovah, am healing you. Wow. Wow. Say this with me. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who is healing me. Wow. That's Bible. Right now, if you will believe it and act upon it, his healing power will work and effect a cure in you from the tip of your head to the soles of your feet to your innermost being. He will mend you. He will Notice it says mend, cure, heal. Sometimes instantaneous, sometimes progressive. You see that in the ministry of Jesus. The, word, the Greek word for Jesus is healing many times was iaomai. It means to heal progressively. They were healed as they went, right? So the first time that God reveals himself to the children of Israel, after they have come out, now think about this, and this is just the way God is. So the first thing that happens, or the last thing that happens to them in Israel, is they eat the Passover lamb, which is a type of Jesus. They, they, they do it exactly the way he tells them to do it. They eat the Passover lamb. These are, these, I mean, think about this. These people have been slaves, building pyramids, doing all this stuff. There's people there with missing body parts. There's older people that can hard, I mean, could you imagine doing hard labor until you die? They say two to seven million Jews. I think it's probably closer to two to three million. But it said the next day when they came out, of Egypt, there was not one feeble among them. That means feeble, that means no missing body parts, nobody sick, nobody weak, right? Think about busting rocks your whole life. What would that look like in your hips, knees, cartilage in your back, your vertebrae, right? Not one feeble. So they came out of Egypt with great spoil financially and completely healed. They go through the Red Sea, all this stuff, and then a few days later, they come to the waters of Mara and they're thirsty. They, you know, they start murmuring. And so that's where God reveals himself once again. Once again, he reveals the first thing he says is, I am the Lord. I'm your great physician. I'm the one who heals you. Isn't that amazing? You think God wants us to know that he's a healer. It's very evident that you fast forward all of these years later, right? I mean, it's really amazing when you look at it. God does everything in sevens. He created everything, six days rested on the seventh. Then he gave Adam and Eve study rabbinical teachings, he basically gave Adam, you have six days to get this thing done. Right? So from Adam to when the law was given, 2,000 years, two days. Because a day with the Lord is like 1,000 years, 1,000 years like a day. From the law until the time Jesus shows up, 2,000 years, two more days. So that's four days into it. Jesus showed up, came out of the grave about 1,990 years ago, thereabout. So we're at the end of the last two days. So in, in about, in a, I mean, literally at about 2030 to at the latest 2032, we will be at 6,000 years from Adam. Six days will be over. So we know we're living at the end of the church age and we know that Satan is using viruses and sickness and disease to create fear, to do all this stuff. So we as a church, listen, this is why me as your pastor, why I take time to teach on this. Because God doesn't want you sick. 
You have a covenant with him. He is your great physician. You don't have to fear anything that comes along. You know, we're kind of like going, okay, this COVID thing's kind of under control. Listen, don't think like that. Think, pray, come against it, come against all this stuff. While we're here, Satan, you can't have this planet, right? But at the same time, you need to live under the shadow of the Almighty and you need to get over yourself like I do and be willing to change, because he doesn't, to embrace him and position yourself. Man, divine healing is great when you're sick. Divine health is where God wants you to go and divine life, right? So this is why we're teaching this. He wants you free. No matter what happens, it doesn't matter. I, sickness, you have no legal right in my body. If you ever get sick, listen, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get more proactive on this thing because that was an illegal attack of the enemy. I have a covenant with God. So look at this, verse 25 of Exodus chapter 15. I want you to, I want you to see this verse. I wanted to read the other one before it. It says, and he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into waters, these are the waters of Marah, the waters were made sweet, and there he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. An ordinance. In other words, God made a rule or a law for them while they were on the earth. And then after he said that, he said, verse 26 again, if thou wilt diligently hearken. What is this? This is the ordinance. This is the statute. This is a rule or a law for them while on the earth. Okay? If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Guys, think about your life. Pretty much every problem you have ever had. Every problem I have ever had is because I didn't diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. I didn't give ear to his commandments, right? Thank God that he always forgives and he always gives you a new beginning, right? Repentance is a wonderful thing. Look at this. And we'll do with that, that which is right in his sight and we'll give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes I will allow, I'm just going to read it the way it really is, I will allow none of these diseases upon you which I have allowed upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So in other words, what's the statute, what's the ordinance? Put God's word first. That's number one. That will get you over in life. Number two, this is real simple, Act upon his word. In other words, be a doer of his word. Isn't that amazing? I wonder how many sermons are we hearing about you have to put God's word first and you have to be a doer of his word. We need to be hearing that probably in every sermon that we ever hear. That's got to be a part of it. Because the, the reason why people are suffering loss is I'm unwilling to change. This is the way I am. This is the way I raised. No, 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 no. That's not what the word says. The word says you can reno renovate your thinking with his word and it'll transform your life. Yeah, but that's just the way I am. No, that's the way your flesh is. That's the way your unrenewed mind is. I am so glad that I no longer have to be like my flesh or my unrenewed mind. Right? right? And I'm telling you, to realize that, everybody just say, you don't say amen to that. You, you know, I mean, you, you should. Your spirit will say amen. Your flesh will go, oh me, I don't like this. I'm going to fight it. What are you talking about? That's why this sovereignty doctrine, this, this demonic sovereignty doctrine is so prevalent in the church. Why am I on this soapbox again? It's so demonic. God is sovereign, but rule number one of sovereignty is your will trumps God's will. That's right. In other words, you can do what you want to do in your life. He won't make you do it. He's not a ma he doesn't make you do things. Satan will do that. God will always lead you and woo you. The enemy always drives you. 
right? Satan is a cowboy. He's going to drive you, right? No, no, Jesus is a shepherd. He leads you. I remember when I was in Israel, in Nazareth, saw this little Jewish man walk up, open a gate <coughs> full of sheep. He said something. I don't know what he said. And then he just started walking. Actually, there was a gatekeeper that would open it, and then he just said something and just started walking, and about a third of the sheep just followed him. He didn't even look. He's just following them, or they're just following him. They knew his voice, and they just followed him. Then another little guy would come up, little Jewish man, another shepherd. He would say a couple words, and then he'd just take off walking in a direction, and, and his sheep would just follow him. Never drove any of them. See, every false doctrine that you will ever, ever, you could always see a false doctrine a mile away because it puts you in a passive position against the enemy. What I mean by that is you no longer have the ability to have faith. You receive everything that God gave you by his grace. You receive it all through faith. You have to know the will of God. So if you think that this horrible thing that's happened to you is somehow your heavenly father wanting to teach you something. Uh -oh. Or somehow this sickness that's, that's trying to take you out, you think God maybe is, um, he has some special call for you and he's trying to teach you something. That could kill you. Yeah. Right? So we have to get this right. God is a healer. So we have to get it right, but he, he is not only gracious and loving and long-suffering and merciful, he's all of those things, but he also never changes. So we must line up with him. That's how come, I'm telling you, whenever I say these three words, now, I mean now, it brings so much joy to my spirit that my flesh doesn't even, I, I don't even... I don't even sense how my flesh feels anymore about it. Get over yourself. Hello. When God told me to do that, I am so glad that I got over myself and that I continue every day getting over myself and I'm going to always get over, just get over myself. I'm not going to point fingers at other people. I'm going to look at me and go, okay, Holy Spirit, where am I missing it? What do I need to do? Because the reality of it is, my Bible says, he said it to Joshua, he's no respecter of person, so it is for me today, no man will ever block you from doing what I've called you to do, Tony. Amen. For everything that I put my hand to to come to maturity, what is the determining factor? It's me. Will I not walk, stand, or sit in wrong places, and will I delight in the word of God and meditate in it day and night? That will, that will literally ensure my success. It will do the same for you. Now, this is interesting. It says, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. There's only one personal pronoun here. It's I. In this verse, right? It is at the end where it says, I am the Lord that heals you. Only one. Now, this is interesting. In the literal, to break this down literally, you would say none of the diseases which have come upon the Egyptians will come upon you. Where it is said to put, the translators thought it was God who put. But God was looking back to this Passover meal. Right? That was to be strength for their journey. He healed them. He healed them so that they would have strength for their journey. God wants you healed and strong and pain-free so that you can walk or, or actually run your race and do everything that God's called you to do. Right? So this is real interesting. When you look at this, for I am the Lord that healeth you, you cannot tell from the language the tense that is used in this. It says here in this verse, for I, Jehovah, you could translate it this way, am healing you, will heal you, 
or did heal you. These are three different tenses that could have been used. But God's word did not use them. All of these tenses are available in the Hebrew and Greek. However, they were not used. Well, okay. He didn't use the tense, I am healing you, I will heal you, or I did heal you. Past, present, future. He didn't use all that. God is saying, I am the one that healed you at the Passover meal. And I am the one who is now your healer. And I am the one who always will be your healer. That's why God did not put any tenses. There is no limit. That's exactly what he was saying. He, when he said, I am the Lord that healed you, they would have known, listen, guys, he looked back to the Passover and he said, you know what? I was the Lord that healed you there. And I am still the Lord that's going to heal you now. I'm going to be the Lord that heals you forever. Okay? This is interesting. There's no gray area. Now, if we go over to Exodus 23 in verse 25. Exodus 23, 25, it says this. And you shall serve the Lord your God. We pray this when we, when we, before a meal, flippantly. But this word serve here, and you shall serve the Lord your God, that word literally means in the Hebrew language, you shall worship the Lord your God. And he shall bless your bread and water. I love that. And then it changes, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. God is saying to you and I, here is the way to health. Now, a lot of people, when they pray at meals, if, if they know this verse, they'll say, Lord, we thank you for blessing our bread and water and for taking sickness from the midst of us. But don't forget that first part. And you shall worship the Lord your God. In other words, you are to speak that out of a heart that it, God is first, and he's your life. Father, I worship you. You are my life. And I thank you, even as we're eating right now, that you're blessing my bread, my water, my food, and you take sickness from the midst of where we're at. Isn't that awesome? God is saying, if you worship me, I will bless what you eat, and sickness will be taken from you. So God's will, what is God's will as we're talking about here? To put his word first, to be a doer of his word, so that he now, you're positioned where now he could take sickness from the midst of you. Does that make sense? Because you receive all these things through faith. God is not going to heal anybody. God provided, past tense, healing for everybody, and now when I believe that I receive what Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago, what happens? I believe it in my heart and I speak it out of my mouth. And when I speak his word out of my mouth, what happens? Jesus then performs in my life right now what he did almost 2,000 years ago. It works the same way in finances. It works the same way in everything. Everything. So the emphasis, let's put his word, and that's going to be the challenge, guys, putting his word first place. Do you know how many of us in this room can do that in our own strength? <coughs> There's not one. But do you know all of us can do it? Because the greater one lives on the inside of us. And he's our teacher, right? He'll walk us into everything. So let's keep going. Let's go to the New Testament real quick. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. Hallelujah. It says, When the evening was come, they brought unto him, talking about Jesus, many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled. In the, in the, literal, the literal 
Greek language, it would say that the fulfilling might begin, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So now if we take an aerial view of this, and we've broken down Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, we've really looked at that in the past, so go back and listen to these messages again. But in the Old Testament, it was the promise of God that through obedience to his word, you would always end up healed through obedience to his word. In the New Testament, obedience to Jesus, who is the word made flesh, always results in healing. So do you see how it's still really the same? It's obedience to the word. And, and guys, why do we preach this? And I'm preaching to the choir because, I mean, you guys would be like on the cutting edge of fanatical. You're coming to church on a Wednesday night, <laughs> right? I mean, Wednesday night, are you kidding me? And, and your pastor's already been preaching for 41 minutes and he's barely getting warmed up. Most services, that's a whole series. I had one Lutheran pastor tell me one time, he's like, man, he goes, and he, and he taught, he literally taught Hebrew and Greek at Luther Rice Seminary, which is the big Baptist seminary. This guy was educated. I mean, all this stuff had all these degrees behind his name. And he's like, man, it is all I could do to prepare for a, my 15-minute sermon on Sunday. And I'm thinking to myself, a 15-minute sermon? <laughs> the only time you'll ever hear me preach less than, I mean, 15 minutes or less is if I'm marrying you. And I tell people every time, I mean, people that are getting married, I'm like, now listen, don't get used to this because, you know, this is the only time you're going to hear about a 10-minute marriage message, a few, maybe a lot, of, lot more scriptures than maybe you might hear for a while. But, but when you come to church Sunday, wow. Or when you get back from your honeymoon and come to church, right? Hello. Thank you. It's obedience to the word of God. Hallelujah. I mean, look at Proverbs real quick. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. My son, attend to my words. Put my words first place. Incline your ear to my sayings. Give my word your undivided attention. Keep my word ever before your eyes. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Why? Because my word is life to those that find it and health or medicine to all their flesh. The whole word of God is health to your flesh. The whole word of God has a cumulative and a quickening, a healing effect on your physical body. Guys, we need that because we have unrenewed bodies. We are subject to sickness and disease. Now it has no legal right because we have a covenant with God. But our body is decaying. It's aging. It's subject to sickness and disease. Now when you step out of your body at the end of your life and go to be with the Lord, right? You're in heaven. There's brothers and sisters. My mom's there, right? You know, all this stuff, they're all there. They're excited. They look just like they did when they were younger. But they don't have that physical body yet. But those of us who are living, one day we're going to hear a shofar say, come up here. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. This mortality is going to be to put on immortality. God's going to literally, it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Can you imagine that? God, he never does anything easy. It's all legal. You will live in your physical body that you have right now forever. For those that have died, guess what? He's going to bring all the DNA back. Could you imagine the people that are cremated, all this other stuff, right? He's going to bring it all back, and his glory's going to go over it, and now it won't be susceptible to sickness, disease, pain, right, ever. Those of us who are raptured will just be changed. See, the whole word of God, it has a quickening and cumulative effect on your body and on your spirit. I said at the beginning of the service, on your spirit, but it has a quickening effect on your body. Why is that? Because you cannot separate God from his word. God and his word are one. 
See, this passage literally explains what healing is all about. So now I want you to set your eyes on this one. John chapter 6, verse 63. We always quote this scripture when we're talking about words so that we know words are not sounds, but they are spirit. But let's break this down. It says in John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickens. Man, when you study that word quicken in the Greek, it would read like this. It is the Holy Spirit that makes alive. It is the Holy Spirit that restores to life. Isn't that amazing? It is the Holy Spirit that heals. It is the Holy Spirit that, has, that brings quickening power to you. Well, what, what do you mean by that? I thought it said he sent his word and healed. You can't separate God from his word. Jesus is the living word. The Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, who is, they're all one. He's the one who testifies and brings revelation. So he brings the quickening power of the word to us. It's what he does. The flesh... In other words, the actions and the deeds of the flesh, in other words, anything that you can do on your own to try to make a way to God or make yourself acceptable to him, profits nothing. It's the spirit that quickens. Amen. Healing is not up to what I do. It's up to what Jesus did. And he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. So God's words are spirit and they are life. In Proverbs 4.22, what did it say? They are life and they are health. This tells us that the quickening power or the healing power of God, it comes through the spirit. Okay? The healing power of God, in other words, is spiritual. It's spiritual. Don't compare this to natural things like taking medicine. Satan will start to, he'll get you to waste your time. Well, if you're really believing God, why are you taking medicine? And if you're really in faith, then you won't take medicine. And, and that might sound like it makes sense, but it doesn't make faith. Faith comes from hearing God's word. Faith doesn't come from not taking medicine. As a matter of fact, thank God sometimes that medicine can help you. I mean, I've known people that have struggled with depression and they have chemical imbalances in their brain. And man, they took medicine for a while to just help them cope while they just crammed the word of God in their heart until the point where now there was no longer a need for medicine. But see, it's two different things. So don't get caught up in, you know, what's the answer? Do I take medicine? Do I not? Be led by the Holy Spirit. What's the answer to, do I have a procedure or do I just believe God? Be led. Because this is the thing. God knows where you are. Some people get dogmatic and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not having that procedure. And then all of a sudden they're standing before Jesus. And they're like, oops. Because they, they, weren't, they weren't in a position to lay hold. And God knew that, so he was trying to help them. Trust me, if you go have a surgery, guess what? God's still going to have to heal you. Right? Especially, listen, I have great respect for doctors and surgeons. But, but get around some of them. They're human. They can, they, they can have a bad day. You better go into a surgery going, this guy's going to have the greatest, this lady is going to have the greatest surgery of her life. It's going to be like, even if she is an atheist, God's hand's going to be on her because of whose body she's dealing with here. Right? But you have all your faith in God. God's word, I can't stress this enough, it's spirit 
and life, it has a cumulative effect on your physical body. When you are reading the word of God, when you are speaking the word of God, you need to be very conscious that as you're reading it, as you're speaking it, it is literally releasing healing power all over your body. That's, that's, that, how do I receive my healing? That's how I walk in it. You have surgery, you come out of surgery, and every time, Father, I thank you. No infection. This will heal perfectly. The surgery will be perfect. Whatever, if there's ever anything, just a little something off, no, no, no. I, I, no, I don't accept that. You have to change in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Right? Remember that. This is huge. The more you live under the light and under the sound of God's word, the more results you will receive from the word of God. So keep this in mind. You've got to live under the sound of it. Not only for physical healing, it'll have a cumulative effect on your life. All of a sudden, financial life will change. Addictions fall off personalities your personality will get unwound right man i'm telling you i had so much anger and rage pinned up in me because of an alcoholic father i thought for years and then when i started growing spiritually i realized oh wait a minute it wasn't because of him it was because of the lie that the enemy placed in me that i was worthless he just ignited it. And I would go from the nice Tony you know to where I would not remember what happened until people are pulling me off somebody. Enraged. Anger and rage. Do you know? You couldn't upset me right now. That's right. I mean, I've known that that actually was not me. And But here's the thing, I've been living under the sound and under the word, the light of the word for so many years that God untwisted all of this twisted nonsense that was death and he showed me who I really am in Christ. Wow, now I'm bold. I'm going to stand you know, I, I, I'm not going to run from trouble, but now it's because I fear no evil because he's with me. And now I, now I have this ability on the inside of me. It's like God, he, he, he re renovated my thinking as I put his word first place. It transformed my life where now my spirit is in control. And now the floodgate of the love of God is open. Now, does that mean I never make a mistake? No. Nope. But the minute I say something, I jump back. Amen. The minute I start going a certain way, I, I'll get upset or whatever. I just jump back. I mean, I don't know. I, it's been several years now. But I remember I walked into church, and here's my dear friend, you know, my ministry buddy. I mean, we, we do everything together, right? We're coffee buddies. We're, we're kind of everything buddies. I come into church, and I, I'm just kind of got some stuff going on. Okay. And immediately there was something not the way I liked it when I walked in and I blasted Pastor Dave. Not, not bla I mean, not blasted like blasted. I, he just could tell by my face and I wasn't nice to him. And, uh, and then I walked right by him and I walked back in Jeanette's office. And then I came out in the service and I, you know, worship starts, man, and it's just, and I lift my hands and the Lord goes, what are you doing? He goes, you go apologize to Dave right now. And I'm like, oh, you know, in my flesh, I'm like, okay, everybody's going to be looking when I walk out of here, right? But I did. I went and I'm like, hey, Dave, I'm sorry. That had nothing to do with you. That was all me. Come back in here, man. Worship was awesome. The anointing's there. Everything's wonderful. It's just wonderful. Amen. And then the Lord, like three or four months later or whatever, has me tell that story. I'm like, are you kidding me, right? I thought, darn it. Come on, God, right? You got to live under the light and sound of the word. I love that. Hallelujah.
Romans 8 chapter, or Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, if you are born again, the Holy Spirit of God is dwelling in you. So if, you're, if you've accepted Christ, this is talking about you. He that raised up Christ from the dead, who was that? The Holy Spirit, who's on the inside of you, will also quicken your mortal body. This word means he will heal, he will restore to health, and he will make whole your mortal body. Isn't that interesting? How does he do that? Look at this. By his spirit that dwells in you. Wow. You know, Brother Hagen, we had his son here, Pastor Hagen, but Brother Hagen said this many times. He said, I knew if I could keep someone under the sound of the word of God, that the word of God would be able to work for them. That was the premise of why they started healing school at Ramah, to keep people under the word. It's so important. I'll say this. Staying under the sound of God's word is what renews your mind. Okay? We have a whole series on the renewing of the mind, so I'm not even going to go into that, but listen to that series. Over and over, you see miracles and healings take place in people that have been under and have stayed under the light and sound of the word of God. Right? See, the problem today is people are trying to fit God into their schedule. And that's, that's why we're not seeing a whole lot working. Because you don't fit God into your schedule. You fit your schedule into God. In, in Jesus. It never works the other way. That's right. Now, God is good and he loves a person and he'll work with them. But many people have massive blind spots in their life. And it's not that they're bad. It's not that they're going, God, I don't want you. No, they're just busy. I run a company. I have to work two jobs. I got to, no, listen, if you've got to work and you can't come to church, listen, God didn't, he didn't suggest being planted in a church. He didn't suggest don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. He commanded that, Hello. right? So if you're in a situation where you find yourself, man, I got to work, I can't be in church. That's okay, just start believing God. Father, I'm just believing you that I could, I, could, I could get back in church. Many times, you'll, you'll end up with a better job or you'll get promoted or whatever it is. But God will always help you put him first. And you'll be more successful that way. See, people are trying to fit God into their lives and they want an instant fix. So this is what we know. God's word never fails. So we have to just make a decision. I'm going to stay under the word of God. And you have to, because guys, we are living in the valley of the shadow of death. Now, we don't fear any evil because God's with us. But I'm telling you, if you're just trying to fit God in your schedule, you want an instant fix, you're walking by sight, you won't know he's with you. Right? And this is why we teach these things. And the closer that we get, I'm telling you, things are changing. I don't know if you could sense it, but things are changing. Hungry, hung, people are hungering after the word as never before that we've seen in years, and it's starting to build. But I'm telling you, it's not going to just continue to build kind of gradually. It's going to start building and multiplying. People are going to be running to the word. And I'm telling you, when you come to this, you just keep feeding on it. And you'll think you're a mess and you're thinking, man, am I ever going to be able to get this right? And all these things, you just keep, you just keep getting in the word and getting in the word and getting in the word. And then all of a sudden, the word will capture you. I'm so glad the word of God has captured me. And I'm telling you, I, 
I feel like I'm just at the beginning of it. He is my everything. Oh, Lord, you know, we're living in a time. Man, we are living in a time. Listen, we're, we're in 2022. Do you realize this year is the end of a Shemitah year? On God's clock, it's the seventh year is the Shemitah year. It's the seventh year. Rabbis for hundreds and hundreds of years are saying, Jesus is going to come. Our Messiah will come back. They don't know it's Jesus. But our Messiah will come back at the end of a Shemitah year. I mean, every Rosh Hashanah, I'm like, Lord, I feel like there's a lot that I still have to do on the earth. My heart is so, I mean, I see so many lost people. But oh, do I want to see you. I don't, I don't care about escaping. There's nothing in God that makes me want to run from anything on the earth because the greater one lives on the inside of me. But I live my life longing for his return. I, I want to go from faith to sight with him. But that keeps building because I live under the light of his word. I'm telling you, it's, it's a lifestyle. Laying hold of all the promises of God, it all. The, you're 99% there when you come to the end of yourself and you're like, okay, I'm done. I am done doing this on my own. God, my life is in your hands and all my trust is in you. And I'm gonna stop trying to figure out the how. You're the God of the how, but I am gonna be willing and I'm gonna be obedient. I don't care how much it, it hurts my flesh. I don't care what people think of me. I don't care about anything. I know, like Peter, when all these people are leaving Jesus, you know, he's preaching about eating his flesh and drinking his blood and, and all this stuff, and they didn't understand what he was really talking about. Jesus didn't try to talk them out of it, out of leaving. He turned to his disciples and said, hey, are you guys going to leave too? And Peter's like, oh, Lord, where would we go? You alone have words of life. Guys, tonight we've heard words of life. Under the foolishness of preaching, we trust the mighty Holy Spirit to bring revelation knowledge of his word. And I'm telling you tonight, he is actively speaking to your heart. And everything that he's saying to your heart, whether you're watching online, whether you're here tonight, me is included, it's all to bring us more into a position where now he can move in our life unhindered and that you can reach and lay hold of everything that he has for you. Do you know, nothing progresses without change. You know, if you've ever lifted weights, I remember my goal in life was to bench 400 pounds. And I worked for almost eight years and I benched 385 pounds. And I'm telling you, it was... I got, to, I got to 300 pretty quick, fairly quick to 325. But when I hit 350, I probably could not bench over 350 pounds. It was, and I mean, I'm working out all the time. And it was like I just couldn't get beyond 350. I think it was almost, I think it was over three years that my bench did not increase at all but you just stay with it. And, and, and it hurts. Have you ever worked out? Have you ever started working out? Man, that second week is brutal, right? But you just work out and then, but you stick with it. And all of a sudden, you break through. It's the same way spiritually. Make a commitment to God and stick with it. Start refusing. Refuse to beat yourself up this week. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm just going to get in the word and I'm going to make my tongue say about me and say about God what his word says. And I'm not going to say anything else. See what that'll do for you over a week, over two weeks, over three weeks. Satan 
Satan will try to heal. He'll try to ban you need this now. You need this now. Forget about that. Start an eternal journey tonight that I'm going to lay hold of everything that God has for me because I am here for others and others need to see that, that God can move in a person's life. We're to be witnesses. Everything God does in your life will bring him glory. So I want to encourage you. God loves you. His word is true. His word doesn't change. He doesn't change. And he is so for you. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. He knows that what he's placed in you, walking with him, he will get you to your destination. And I'm telling you, that journey is joyous. It is worth any price that you'll ever have to pay. Oh, I'd love to tell you that, man, guys, listen, hey, we could have our own lives and do our own thing and have the blessing of God, but it doesn't work that way. Because our own lives and our own thing, if it's not him, it's death. And he loves you and he doesn't want death anywhere near you. Amen?